You're listening to Sound Heat, Britain's favourite podcast. Does that sound good? Is that good? The Sound Heat Inc. Podcast Network. What? Wait. Do the whole thing again or just do that last bit? I'll just do the whole thing again. You're listening to Sound Heat. I can't believe I'm on the show. You're listening to Sound Heat, Britain's favourite podcast. And Americans like it too. Oh my God, what do I say? You're listening to Sound Heap. Welcome to the Sound Heap Taste Pod, the podcast of podcasts. We're back, baby. Although um, I'm assuming there's more than one of you listening, so it should be. We're back, babies. Although that makes it sound like I'm talking to a bunch of babies. It's funny, you pluralise babies, it makes it sound like you're talking about actual babies, whereas baby in the singular makes it sound like you're talking about one adult with whom you have a friendly and informal relationship, and perhaps a romantic one, depending on context. I mean, um, let's change the baby's nappy, that's in the singular, but almost certainly about an actual baby. Again, depending on context. Uh, You might be in one of those weird relationships. Not that I want to yuck on anyone's yum, you know, uh, kink-wise, but what if your kink is yucking on someone's yum? If someone's telling you not to yuck on their yum, uh, then they themselves are yum yucking, just yucking your yum. So I I guess that's how we're starting the first episode back. My name is Tyrosa Honk and I'm this week's Sound Heat Selector. I'm introducing a clip from my favourite show, The Trying Bryans. I just love them. You've got to listen or in the spirit of the show. Give it a try. Okay, so hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Brian too. <laughs> <laughs> and we are the Trying Brian's. Um, Brian's. Brian's, yeah, 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 yeah. Try, try, try. We are so trying. We try everything. Now, I have brought a little pot with us today of what do you think these are? What do you call these little babies? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They look like little, no. um, little rocks. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, they, they're not, not little rocks. Good try, though, because they are hard, like rocks are hard, but they're not as hard as rocks. These are nuts, specifically. These are Brazil nuts. Have you ever had a, um, a Brazil nut before? Well, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I live in Australia. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I, I heard about these nuts and I thought, like, wait, well, well, what are you? Are you a country or are you a nut? Yeah, well, I'll have an Australian nut, please. <laughs> Imagine what would that be like, an Australian nut? Uh, oh, pretty cool. I, I be, pretty cool. Be, yeah, pre- pretty cool and pretty chill. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's try the nut. Let's try the nut. Well, you're going to try one first. Should we do it together? All right. Three, two, one. Okay. Here we go. Um. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kind of crunchy. It is crunchy. I didn't expect yeah, it to yeah. be crunchy. Yeah, uh, it's crunchier it's... than I thought. I thought I wasn't going to be able to get my teeth through it, but I could get my teeth through it. Um, yeah, I like it. I like. It. I do notice my uh, skin um, breaking out in a red welt. Is that? Um... Yeah. No, that's not. Uh, I yeah, don't, I don't know that. That's not. Uh, um, oh yeah, you. 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 You're I right. I do notice mate? my throat closing up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's good. I, I though. It's good. Struggling. It's young. Yeah. Yeah. I've not yeah. got that. I must say, am I? I'm just noticing a kind of. Oaky yeah. taste, I suppose. I could sort of. Uh, no, I'm getting the oak as well. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Are maybe, you... maybe I just got a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you... Let's move on. To, let's move on to another one. Let's okay. move on to something okay. else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, next up to try, um, Brian. Brian, are you all right? Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. Let's keep. Let's keep the show. <laughs> 
the show going. Okay, well, next up, um, we're going to try um, hats. Have you ever tried a hat before? Great. Uh, well, I'll take that as a no. Um, I've not tried a hat, but we've got a, a selection of hats I've brought along to, today. Um, I'm struck. You, you kind of distracted me, Brian. Are you, are you okay? I mentioned the sponsor. Um, we're sponsored. We are sponsored by um, Julian EpiPens. Um, we don't know what they're for, but we've got a whole bunch of them here. They're, they're, they're meant to be good for yeah, you medically are, or something. Fant- Julian EpiPens. These are fantastic mm-hmm. EpiPens. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying these are great EpiPens. I've not tried one myself, and I have no inclination. But uh, I've heard they are great, great for all sorts of yeah. medical emergencies. If only we knew what they were for, but I'm sure some of our listeners can write in, it's the most helpful listeners in the world, and tell us what to use an EpiPen for. Now, let's try these hats. The Try-In Brian's, which is rebranding next week as The Try-In Brian. Condolences. We've got some great stuff coming up in the episode, including an extract from Susie Carpripe's new investigation into romance fraud. So yeah, when I saw him, I thought this must be fate. I love Shrek. He is Shrek. I already know loads about that world. I've been to the theatre a lot. It just seemed perfect. That's Getting Ogre It, Shrekfished, coming up later. Also later, hospitality podcast Into the Frying Pan has a great interview with the animal trainer at the world's first real-life Ratatouille-themed restaurant. Do my animals respect me? Um, I've never really cared. I, I, I suppose they must do in their own way. I mean, they respect whoever feeds them and keeps them warm. Um, and I, and I, I do 50% of that most days. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest... We get through so many rats, it's never really come up. But first, I should say who I am, if you don't know. I'm John Luke Roberts, the CEO and fun captain of the Sound Heap Network. And this is the podcast we put out to give you a taster of all the different podcasts we make. You're probably wondering where we've been and how come Soundheap, one of the biggest podcast networks in the business, hasn't put any new episodes of our podcasts up on the internet for the past two and a half years. And, well, we thought we were... Uh, We've certainly been making them, hundreds of thousands of them, but it turns out they just weren't going out. We got a technician in to see what the problem was, and it seems that the big cable, which all our podcasts are pumped through, hasn't been plugged in. It's been unplugged, probably kicked out of the wall. Don't know who did it, but Dawny, my assistant, thinks I must have done it by accident because I'm a stupid f***ing idiot with big floppy dum-dum feet. (laughs) Dawny. She insults me as a sort of morale-boosting joke. But we've plugged it back in and we've got big plans ahead for the network. I've got a vision board up, I've written America on it, and there's a picture of Elon Musk. But you're not here to listen to me rabbit on. You're here for a selection of our wide range of podcasts. First up, here's a clip from Diary of a Tiny CEO, the show where Tommy Starling, the FTSE 100's teeniest CEO, speaks to inspirational guests. If you're a CEO like myself, I'm always driving cars all the time. That's what we do. Clark Bargson is a human being. He really is. The wheels on the bus go round and round, but the car, that's where I see the real revolution. Who's in the driving seat? Clark Bargson. Well, you know about the Wim Hof methods, I'm sure. Get in freezing water and breathe really fast are the two principles. 
You asked me a question, so please, let me answer it. The answer is... Yes, I have a space in my diary on Wednesday between 8am and 7pm when I am available to record your podcast. Diary of a Tiny CEO Mr. Bargson, um, Clark Bargson, I've fallen off my little chair thing. It's sort of half a chair and half... Sorry? It's like a little pedestal chair thing, but I need to be on it to be able to look you in the eyes, if that's all right. Would you be able to lift me up before we start? Oh, there was nothing about... The email didn't say about any lifting. Oh. Shit. No, it's not... um... No, I suppose it, it's not normally. I just fell off just before you came in. I fell off my chair. Um, so I was just... You don't have just, anyone else? That... Well, I've got my, my assistant, Clara, but she's in the next room. If you Could you get Clara for me if you if you don't feel... If you can't do this simple act of charity? Um, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll lift you. So do you want to just jump onto my hand? Oh, sorry. I hit my head. I, 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 I head-butted your finger. Your middle right. one is Sorry quite a that. hard nail you've got. You must have a lot yeah. of calcium in your diet to have nails that solid. I'll, I do. I'll I climb calcium. up now. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. You okay? Thank you. Yes, thank you. Please You're keep welcome. telling us about calcium. It, it's exactly the sort of thing that interests oh. our listeners. Well, have we started? Re- okay. Was that in the podcast? Me lifting? Because I don't want my sort of viewers well, and listeners. <laughs> thank you. That goes against my principles. Picking up a little man. Oh, if we okay. If well, we I'll, cut, I'll, I'll make a note of that. that. With... Um, David, David, produce David. Uh, just a note for the recording to don't put that in the podcast, please. Thank you, producer David. But this following bit do put in the podcast. It's the bit just before, not this new bit now. And start. Hello, Mr. Clark Bargson. You are the inventor of the world's first non-waterproof car. How did you come across such a wonderful idea? Well, I found so in my line of work, uh, you know, if you're a CEO like myself, you've got I've got several cars. I'm always driving cars. I'm driving my friends' cars. I'm driving families' cars all the time. That's what we do, uh, as you know. One one of my cars is a roller skate. Excuse me. One of my cars is a roller skate. I'm a CEO. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. Please t- tell us about your cars. Is that a is that like a Honda roller skate, or what do you mean? No, it's actually I don't know the brand. I've never looked on the back of it. Um, I climb up by the um, by the toe because the laces give me something good to hold on to. Oh, you mean a an actual roller? How yeah. do you drive that? Well, I've got a motor attached. Um, it's actually quite simple. It it's a motor mm. from um, I think a. Uh, some kind of um, toy car or something like that, but it's been. I wanted. I thought, oh. wouldn't it be cool to go in a roller skate? Um, so I got it adapted. And do you drive that on the road? Um, well, my little road, yes. In in my um my enclosure, I have my own little road. I rarely go out. Um, it's not very safe for me to drive my little cars around. Um, publicly, well, uh, oh. once I, so I got chased by a, a Russell, a Jack Russell, um, and that that, oh, yeah. that really put the wind up me. Yeah. So I, I'm less willing, unless until I get a fortified vehicle. Please, though, tell me about the world's first non-waterproof car. Clark Bargson. 
And would you be able to lift me up before we start? A very tiny CEO. He really is. Improbably tiny. I thought, wouldn't it be cool to go in a roller skate? So I got it adapted. Whenever I was driving, I felt that the rain was never touching my skin. I tried opening the window. I even got myself mm. a, a Porsche convertible. And it wasn't quite doing the business. You know what I mean? I wasn't getting my legs wet. I wanted to get my feet wet. I wanted to feel the water in between my toes. And so now with this car, you get absolutely drenched. It's a wonderful feeling. So, yes. Well, tell me more about that. Why is it that you... What is the benefit of being so very, very drenched? Well, you know about the uh, the Wim Hof methods, I'm sure. Yes, he's the, he's the old man who gets in a cold pool. That's right. Get in freezing water and breathe mm-hmm. really fast are the two mm-hmm. principles of Well, it's of not being freezing water, is it? Because freezing water's freezing water, you can't get in freezing water because it's ice. You can get on freezing water. Is ice freezing water or um, frozen water? Well, what's, I think we're splitting hairs here, really. What kind of moron would think a non-waterproof car is a good idea? Clark Bargson. We're a fanny. Peter Jones said he, he hated it, and he's a friend of mine. I spoke to some politicians who said that if I donated and voted to leave, then we could that, that would be passed immediately, that we could have the non-waterproof cars. So what's next for the non-waterproof car, and how have sales been? So currently we've run into a bit of an issue where it's costing... Uh, 300,000 euros uh, to make the car. Mm. The car is currently priced at 100,000 euros. So we have... So that's... That is a bit of an issue, but... So I'm just... I'm just going to... um, I'm just uh, doing some calculations. Okay. (laughs) So it takes me a while, because although I'm very small, I do use... I do use a normal-sized pen um, just to fit in. Right. <sighs> so that's okay? a net loss of two hundred. Yeah, I'm okay. Of two hundred thousand euros per car. Yeah, that's correct. Mm. And a lot of admin fees as well go into. So it's actually more, but. You know that's how that's how Tesla started. That's how Windows started. It's how Cravendale started. You're listening to the Sound Heap Taste Pod, home of the heapiest sounds around. We'll be back after this. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons. Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how our former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse. Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. This episode of the Sound Heap Taste Pot is sponsored by Fit the nutritionally balanced paste that is also an eco-friendly armpit deodorant. I use it myself. I love to take this with me when I'm going for a weekend away. It's great as a space saver when you're trying to pack a carry-on and thinking, do I want food or not to sweat? Well, with Fit, you don't have to choose. 
It comes in a powder. You just measure it out and then add a certain amount of water and you get a paste that works as a natural antiperspirant. Add more water and you get a less thick paste, but still a paste, which provides a full meal. And a meal which is perfectly nutritionally balanced, except that it's got 11 times the recommended daily allowance of riboflavin or vitamin B2. But the way I look at it, after a portion of fiet, I don't need to worry about getting enough riboflavin or vitamin B2 for a while. <laughs> fiet. Find your fiet. And if you would like to win a year's supply of fiet, so that's an 11-year supply of riboflavin or vitamin B2, just tweet a picture of your feet on social media and the hashtag fitpix. Use the code SOUNDHAP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's SOUNDHAP, not SOUNDHEAP. There was a typo in the email chain. But if you prefer eating food that's nice to eat, we've got loads of great culinary review podcasts, like this one with Cabba Backlash and Jamie Jonk. Ah, oh, ah, wait, ah, wait, it's tape Ah, oh. All right, all right. I agree with you as well. Yeah, what? So it's not just hot, it's like, it's hot, hot. Oh, sorry, I, I forgot to say what it is. This is Ah, I Burnt My Mouth, where Cabba Backlash and Jamie review foods that are too hot. In this episode, they're reviewing a pasty, Cornwall's empanada. I didn't, I didn't blow it. No. But Cabba... It's too late now. I, 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 blew, I blew in mine, but, but the, the wind, the, it just, the, the, the aerodynamic, it, it just blew it straight back. It actually put the, the heat in my face. I burnt my eye. I burnt my eyes because of the... Ah, convection. Ah. Ah. I got... It hurts. It hurts my nose as well. Yeah. Well, you get the... You got the... You got the cheese on your tongue (laughs) and then you got the steam up up your nose. Ah. In my nose. Do you know what it's like? It's like the opposite of Wim Hof. Uh, Hof Wim. Hof Wim? Hof Wim. Hof Wim. Yeah. Ah. Maybe... Do you think... Maybe it's good for you. Well, I do ah. feel I do feel pleasant. I do feel pleasant. I'm very is your mindful. Big? Oh. Is your tongue big? Your tongue, it, it looks big. Yeah. But I don't know if it might have always been big. I've not looked much at your tongue. Can you be allergic to hot? I, I think everyone's allergic to hot to extent, oh. you know, if it's hot enough. Oh. Like, I don't think if it's boiling water, it's you know, an allergy that burns you. I think it... <sighs> Anyway, marked out a 10 for the pasty. A 10. Yeah, it was tasty. Tasty, but hot. That's two different Soundheat podcasts referencing Wim Hof. If anyone has his number, let us know. I'd love to see if uh, we could get a collab going. Maybe we'd do a month where all our podcasts are recorded in ice baths. I mean, we'd have to waterproof the microphones. If we put them in plastic bags and tie it, right, maybe that... Uh, I'll sort this out later. Here's a restful clip from brand new Soundheat podcast, a field recording of the ocean. Well, well, well. There you are. The ocean. Hello. Big old you. And little tiny me. But here I am recording you. Yeah, you're so big, so unknowable. Splushing back and forth as if nobody's listening, but I'm listening. 
I've got you trapped in this little box where your sound's trapped, yeah. Think about that. You so vast, so unknowable and little old insignificant me. But I got you. I got you the ocean. I got you. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. Now, here's a clip from Quibble, the deep dive show where public intellectual clattering hegemony digs in deep with a serious guest. This week, he grills academic Bertrand Tarp. I'm joined today by the public figure, Bertrand Tarp. Uh, Hello, Bertrand. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Big fan of the show. Great. It's, 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 it's really wonderful to have you here. Um, we'd like to talk about your life, your work, your, your, your opinions. That's what the show's about. Um, and I, I found a few choice quotes from you, and I, I'd like to present them to you and, and see if we can get some more insight into what you were thinking when you, when you said these words. Um, first, in 2005, uh, you said, trifles should have a surprise layer chef's choice um you didn't mm-hmm. unpack that at the time i was just wondering if you could talk about that mm-hmm. yeah i mean and you know i guess i should preface this by saying that i that was it was a different time mm-hmm. um i was uh a young man mm. and uh frankly using a lot of hard drugs so um right you know a lot of times that would you know color my comments mm-hmm. um but I think at the time I was just reevaluating in my mind what a trifle could be, and yeah. you know, and I think that's very important to do, um, you know, not just with food and drink, but with with all mm-hmm. aspects of your life. Um, you know, you need mm-hmm. to look at it and say, why am I doing it this way? Um, and yeah, and I think I was just going through a period again of you know, hard drug use, but also, you know, a lot of Mm self-reflection. So it was self-reflection through hard drugs, yes? That was part of it, but also, you know, like long walks. (laughs) Long walks and hard drugs. And, you know, cracking the Bible every now and then. A lot of good stuff in there. I see. Um, But yeah, it just seemed to me like we, we as as a people should open ourselves up to the possibility that a trifle could could include, you know, a layer of let's say sausage. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say yes. This is what I was. This is what I was wanting to get onto. You just say surprise, but like sun dried tomato, sun dried mm-hmm. tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a layer of sponge, jelly, and then the sun dried tomato, and then the sausages. Perhaps. Sure. Or you know, even and again at the time, this is kind of where my head was at. Sand, uh, coins, uh, doesn't necessarily need to be food. Uh, could be, mm-hmm. you know, metal shavings. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, these are just kind of, it was, too, again, it was 2005. It was a different time and we were, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we were all just kind of thinking about how things could be different. And I think that, you know, a trifle that includes grubs or mealworms, uh, 
you know, I think it was just it was just something that I was well, I was I, I was young and I was uh, you know, and I just wanted to test my limits. So so in a way it was a kind of utopian uh business. Right. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But fueled very much by sort of ketamine and and heroin and things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, it was it was a different time and I've and I've stopped uh using mm-hmm. heroin. Sound heap. If sounds were sandwiches, your ears would be full. The following are real reenactments of pretend emergency calls. 911. Is my husband? Calm down, please. What about your husband? He, he loads the dishwasher wrong. Please help! Please help me! Where are you now, ma'am? At the kitchen table. I was with my dad. He mispronounced his words intentionally. There are plenty of podcasts on the hunt for justice, but only one podcast has the courage to take on the silly crimes. Judge John on MaximumFun.org. And if you're looking for a place to advertise your company, please get in touch. All that's kept us afloat as a business while we've been off air is the income from our C-tier podcasters. Uh, They're the ones who pay us to be on the network. We call it the American Improv Theatre Model. They're our pay-up-front citizens brigade. Luckily, they haven't noticed their episodes haven't been going out because their listener metrics have stayed at pretty much the same level. Now, we have a load of great documentary podcasts on this network, but Susti Cartwright never fails to deliver the goods. Here's an extended clip of Getting Ogre It, Shrekfished. Well, so originally I, I was on the, the dating apps and uh, I was on one is specifically for people looking to date actors, celebrities. Um, and I was on that one and uh, his his profile popped up. And initially I was like, oh, my God, it's it's Shrek. And then I was like, obviously, <laughs> Shrek isn't real. So I had to kind of... Um, but yeah, it, it was a picture of um, someone playing Shrek in the musical... Shrek and uh, you know just his profile just seemed really nice he was into the same kind of stuff as me travel food um, holidays so you know I thought yeah give it a go and he messaged me actually and he said you know it was funny actually he said um, <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing he said uh, Princess Fiona question <laughs> mark um, because that's the in, in, in the musical in the film um, the Princess Fiona is is his love interest um, and we just hit it off from there basically we were just messaging constantly really after that what pictures did he have on the app the first one was was uh some somebody as shrek in the shrek musical um and then there was a few of him uh in different places where the shrek musical had been on so coventry the west end um birmingham norwich uh pointing to the poster in in the costume again um and then there was a couple of him just like chilling at home uh and you know he'd he'd have like shrek memorabilia like i assumed that he'd had 
give, been given from the show. Um, so like t- he was wearing a t-shirt, he was wearing like big slippers that were meant to be like too big for his feet, and you know, so he just looked like, you know, it, the thing is, right? If you're a trusting person, and I, I consider myself a trusting person, you would just cons- you would, why would you doubt that the person you've met on this site is the man playing Shrek in the musical Shrek? Emily Kurnt couldn't have known it at the time, but she was becoming the victim of a sophisticated romance fraud. The man she was corresponding with, going by the name of Braden Parkhurst, claimed to be playing the role of Shrek, an ogre and property owner with a soft heart and a strong value system in the UK touring production of the musical Shrek. But it was a lie, a subtle and elaborate deceit perfectly pitched to prey on a woman's desire. Now, Emily, you're clearly a well-put-together, educated woman. You really don't seem like an idiot. Our listeners might be wondering, you know, how could someone like you, you know, a a savvy, articulate, you know, woman of a regular build, fall for something like this? May I ask you, what's your history been like in relationships? I had a couple of relationships and they had kind of not been great. Um, I sort of was just looking for someone different. I'd been out with a lot of guys who... um, you know, I would say we're not very trustworthy, we're not very honest, um, and, and a lot of them had been in musicals. I, I was I was dating um, the guy Rum Tum Tugger from, from Cats for, for two years, actually, Rum Tum Tugger uh, and me were together. Obviously, that's not his real name, it's, he's Colin, but um, I think I have not I think I have a weakness and a lure, I don't know if this isn't to do with my childhood, I think I have a weakness for actors specifically from musicals specifically from musicals on based on very very niche properties like cats shrek um starlight express i'd love to date someone from starlight express but it hasn't happened yet so um so yeah when i saw him i thought this must be fate i love shrek um he is shrek uh you know i I already know loads about that world i've been to the theater a lot it just seemed perfect so tell me about your first meeting with him. The first meeting, he was like, obviously, he was like, you've got to come see the show. Uh, and I was like, that's incredible. Thank you. And I did have to book my own tickets, which was weird. Um, and I could only, you know, because it was last minute, I could only get them very far back. So when he came out on stage, you know, I couldn't really see him very well. And also, of course, he was Shrek. There's a lot of latex, a lot of makeup. Um, I don't know if you've ever you seen the show. I haven't seen the show. Have you seen Shrek? You haven't okay, well it's uh have you seen Shrek the film? Oh I've seen the film Shrek, yeah. Right, okay. So it's like that, but uh, like in real life. And um so Shrek's obviously got a lot of makeup on and, and, and it was a great show and I, I remember like watching the actor playing Shrek doing the dance with the donkey during the scene at the castle and thinking I I could be that donkey, you know, I could be in that position that I can see myself in the future there. It's a great show afterwards. So all through the show, mm. you were thinking you were watching Braden, the man you were dating. Well, yeah, why wouldn't I think that? Because that's what he told me. And, you know, the pictures on the on the dating app, he was wearing the T-shirt, which I now know anyone can buy. Um, but at the time, I assumed it was some kind of special actor T-shirt you get for being in the show. So we met, we met, he said, you know, you messaged me. He was like, oh, I've just, I've just got to get my makeup off. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll see you in a second. And we met uh, by the stage door about an hour after the show. So it was quite a while. And he sort of came 
I guess he came up from, I mean, in, in retrospect, this seems weird, but he did come up from behind like he actually didn't, he'd actually not been in the backstage bit. But he had like a towel, he had like a flannel and he was sort of wiping bits of green off him. And he kept saying like, oh, thanks for waiting. We just, uh, Princess Fiona's been a real bitch at the moment. So, you know, it's just it's a lot of backstage drama. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and again, why would I doubt that? It was funny. He was much shorter than Shrek. Um, I'd say by about two foot. So, but, you know, I just, I, I just, I don't know a lot about, the mechanics, the special effects. I assumed he was in a big, the big costume had stilts in it, maybe or something. How long did you date Braden for? In total, from that day until I realised it was a fraud, five years. And through all that time, he was still claiming to be playing Shrek in the touring musical production of Shrek. Well, yeah, yeah, because you know. And that was some of it was long distance because he had to be away. He had to be in Coventry. He had to be in Norwich. He had to be in Birmingham. And uh, you know, I, I actually appreciated that time apart. It made me made me like him more. But every time, you know, I phoned him. Sometimes I would I would call him and he'd pick up and I'd be like, "Are oh, you meant to be on stage just now?" And he'd be like, "Oh, um, it's my night off, or or the you know I've got the doubles doing it. My understudy's doing it, and just things that didn't really add up." Um, you know, he once sent me a picture of him in, um, I think it was Carlisle outside the theatre. And there was just something slightly weird about, it was, you know, him in front of the poster, but there was something slightly blurry about his outline. And my and my first thought, and this, I guess, is the beginning of the end, was I think this is photoshopped. I don't think he's in Carlisle outside Shrek the Musical. Um... So, but before, you know, it, it was things like that. It was just small, small deceit, small things that made me question it. So tell me about the moment his edifice of lies came tumbling down. We'd actually just got engaged uh, on the London Eye, which was perfect because we went to the Shrek experience afterwards to celebrate, which we didn't get, you know, again, this should have been a clue. We didn't get free tickets for that. Uh, I just assumed he would walk up and point at himself and they'd be like, please come in. Um, but no, we, we had to pay for that. It was very expensive. Um, and at the end of the Shrek experience, there's a kind of bit where it's like, what Shrek's, what Shrek means to the world, where there's all these different things that, you know, children dressed as Shrek and people getting married as Shrek, which we did think of um, doing, actually. Uh, and uh, there was a, there was a just a short video of... The person playing Shrek in Shrek the Musical, uh, the touring production, and he was just saying, you know, thanks for doing the Shrek experience. It means people like us can keep working as actors. And even though he's wearing the makeup, I was like, that's not, that's not him. That's not Braden. And um, he denied it, obviously. But I think that was when the scales fell and the the... the the green tinted glasses came off essentially. And after that, it was all, that was the end. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Um, Really, really hard because I guess I felt like, stu you know, you feel stupid, you feel embarrassed. But what I've learned over time is that I do have a lot of shame around it, but there's nothing 
unreasonable about trusting someone who says they are playing Shrek and Shrek the Musical. If another woman were to find herself in this situation, is there anything you would say to her? If someone says they are in Shrek the Musical, just double check your sources, you know? Because... Because I want to live in a world where we trust people. But that doesn't mean that we can't also be careful. That's a powerful message. Thank you. Powerful. Would you care to add anything to that? Um, yeah, I would say baby oil is the only thing that gets that green paint off your skin if you are going to be in a tryst with with a Shrek impersonator, impersonator. Um, and I would just buy green sheets because it's easier than trying to wash any of that out. And what would you say to Brayden if you could speak to him now? I don't know if I want to speak to Brayden. I have processed this and I am through it. But I would like to say, um, get out of my swamp, which is a metaphor for, you know, out of my life. Well, here's hoping that things pick up for unlucky in love, Emily. And if you've been affected by any of the issues raised here, then two things. One, hey now. You're an all-star. So I hope that makes you feel better. And two, uh, senior producer Susie Cartwright would love to hear from you. Well, it's been so good to be back with you this week. And all that's left is for me to say, boop, uh, Excuse boop. me. Yeah? Who's John Luke Roberts, the CEO of Soundheap Inc., is that right? Uh, that's right, yes. But please, call me Fun Captain. I've just been working with Dellen, the technician fixing your upload cables, and um, we don't think the cable was just kicked out from the wall. It actually appears to have been cut right through. Wait, you you mean you think it's sabotage? I do, but that's not all. Uh, I'm a network technician's assistant, but I, I also happen to have a background in forensic zoology. Forensic zoology? Yes, forensic zoology. And looking at the manner in which the cable has been cut, I'm afraid there's no mistaking it. The cable wasn't cut with human tools like scissors or a knife. It was cut using the powerful claws of a crustacean. Wait, a crustacean? You mean... Yes, I mean a crab. So wait, you think it's... Yes, I believe it's crabatage. Listen all of y'all, it's a crabatage. Listen all of y'all, it's a crabatage. Listen all of y'all, it's a crabatage. Listen all of y'all, Bloody hell. Boop, bloody boop. Soundheap with John Luke Roberts was created and hosted by me, John Luke Roberts, and featured Jeremy Bent, Kieran Hodgson, Rosie Holt, Suze Kempner, Emily Lloyd Saney, Jordan Morris, Eleanor Morton, Jos Norris, David Reed, Luke Rollison, Nick Sampson, Izzy Sutty, and Bilal Safar. Original music was by Paddy Jervis and Rob Sell at Torch and Compass, and the show was mixed by Rich Evans at Syncbox Post. It was produced and edited by Ed Morrish for Lead Mojo Productions. Soundheap is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Network. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.